welcome to the Life Church podcast. We are here to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. G'day everybody at Life Church in Palmerston North in the great nation of New Zealand, all the way from across the ditch. This is David Hall. I'm so excited and honoured uh, to be preaching the Word to you this Pentecost Sunday. I believe that God's going to do something supernatural. There is a fresh move of God uh, that is coming to this planet. What the enemy's meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. We all, we're all a bit grounded at the moment. We're all stuck at home. We're not allowed to do too much. But the Church of Jesus Christ is on the rise. And it is such an honour uh, to be with you this morning or tonight when Whenever you're watching the live stream, but it's such an honour to be with you. I just want to take a minute and say, Pastor Ralph, you are a legend. And it was an honour to meet you a couple of years ago at New Life Conference. And sorry we haven't been able to do this in person, uh, but it's a privilege to be with you guys this morning. And Pastor Zion stepping into the role of leading the church and and taking it into its next season. Uh, We are just so privileged to partner with you and it's a great honour. But before I preach, I want to just take a little liberty because we we have a much-loved staff member on our team by the name of Layla Nahavandi. She's an evangelist based out of our church who travels the world, an incredible preacher. And, uh, and she's also teaching pastor here at the church, oversees our Bible college. She's been on staff a long time with us. And uh, I, I just asked her at the last minute to do this, to, to greet you before I preach, because Layla's family's life was turned around in your church in Palmerston North. So we are benefiting from what God's done over there in Palmerston North. And so I just wanted to say good day. Layla, come and say good day to everybody. This is Layla Nahavandi. She is awesome. It's good to see you. Yeah. So tell us, you were you were in a family that was a Muslim family. Yes, a Muslim family, 1995. Tell them. So Pastor John and Yvonne Walton were the pastors of the church. We had uh, a next door neighbour who reached out to my mum and shared the gospel with my mum when my family was just breaking down, falling apart. And my mum ended up getting saved and ended up going along to church with this lady. Um, The pastors ended up reaching out to my dad. My dad had an incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit coming from a Muslim background, ended up getting baptised in your church and our lives have never been the same since. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, thank you so much. So you never know what can be happening in the life of a church. So we honour you and it is such a privilege to be ministering the Word to you today. Pentecost Sunday, it's my favourite Sunday in the world and it's like Christmas and Easter rolled up into one and so I'm so excited to be ministering to you today. If you have a Bible, turn with me please to the book of Acts in chapter 1. And we're going to get in the Word this morning, the great Pentecostal passage in the Word of God, Acts chapter 1. And I want to have a look at verse 1 for just a moment, reading from the New King James today. It says this, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Do and teach. Until the day in which He was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And it goes on to say in verse 4 And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise 
of the Father. He commanded them. Or if you're from the eastern seaboard, He commanded them. If you're South African, He commanded them. He commanded them. He commanded them. it's It's a very strong word that we tend to just gloss over a little bit, but when God commands you to do something, how many know that's a significant thing? When God gives you a command, we, we have countries that have laws that are based upon the commandments of God. There is not a Christian I know all over the world that does not believe in the Ten Commandments. No matter, no matter who they are, they're not going, you know what, we embrace seven of them, but there's three, you know, we're good with bearing false witness and, and that's fine. There, there's not a Christian in the world, whether you're Pentecostal, whether you're Word of Faith, whether you're Baptist or Anglican or Salvation Army or, or whoever you might be, there is not a Christian on the planet that does not believe in the full counsel of the Ten Commandments. So we believe in the Ten Commandments. God gave them to Moses and we believe they are right. They're inspired by God and that is how we live and serve God conducting ourselves as believers. Not only that, we also embrace the fact that Jesus says in John 13, 34, He gives us a new commandment to love one another as He loved us. Then in Matthew 23, Jesus goes a bit further. So we've got the 10, now we've got 11. And then He jumps in and says, oh, I've got two more. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and mind and love your neighbour as yourself. The whole Christian world is in agreement that 10 commandments plus three commandments here given by Jesus are essential to living a godly life and and doing the work of Christianity and serving Jesus. We embrace that. We believe that without a shadow of a doubt, that is what we believe. Here, Jesus says, I've got one more commandment. He's talking to the same people. He's saying, uh, don't don't depart from Jerusalem. In other words, he, He commanded them to wait in Jerusalem until they receive the promise of the Father, and that's the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus understood that in order for us to do what God's called us to do, we have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We we have to have the fire of the Holy Spirit on the inside of our heart. We cannot do what God's called us to do without the anointing of the Spirit of God. When, when we start talking about greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world, who is that? That's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And, and church, I tell you, I believe with all of my heart that there's a new anointing of God coming upon planet Earth, but I want to I want to grab a hold of the commandment of God and and, and and be full of the power of the, the Spirit. I love my neighbour as myself. I don't cover my wife's. Uh, I don't know, dingo. I'm not coveting anything. I'm not bearing false witness. I'm not committing adultery. We're not murdering. These are, these are still our values as a church at LifePoint Church. We, we don't murder. Uh, we try and avoid that. We try and avoid uh, any appearance of evil. But Jesus gives us commands that are not uh, rules of things that we shouldn't do. But there's some commands that are things we do need to do. And some of those things that are go after God, loving Jesus, loving people, but being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm a Pentecostal, so I love Pentecost Sunday. I love, I love this day. This is my favourite Sunday of the year. This is, I, I like Christmas because I get presents. I don't get presents on Pentecost Sunday, but I did get one gift. And that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's a gift that keeps on giving and keeps me alive in Jesus. And 
bless God. I'm having a good time. I hope you are. Wherever you're watching today, I'm believing that God's going to touch you in your home, in your car. You might be in your mother-in-law's living room. Even God can move there in the name of Jesus. Verse four, we said, being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me. For John, verse five, truly baptised with water, but you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power. I don't know where you are, but why don't you just shout the word power for just a little, a little bit. I know you're in lockdown, but still let the power of God touch you wherever wherever your house is. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You'll be witnesses in Auckland, in New Zealand, and to the ends of the earth, or Adelaide, South Australia, Australia, to the ends of the earth, or America, or the ends of the earth, wherever you might be. You might be watching this right now. Do you know New Zealand is actually the ends of the earth? Literally, it's the ends of the earth because uh, it's the furthermost place from Jerusalem where Jesus made the command, go and wait and be filled with power. And, and, and it'll go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. When you in New Zealand are praying in the Spirit, you are the totality of the fulfilment of the prophetic Word of Jesus that the Gospel will go from the furthest place in Jerusalem all across the world. So if you're in Taronga right now, that is the furthermost place in the world from Wellington. If you're Sorry, not Wellington, you're close to Wellington, from Jerusalem. If you're in Wellington, it's the furthermost capital city in the world from Jerusalem. And so this Gospel has been fulfilled. He said, you'll receive power. It'll go to the far corners of the world whether it's in Los Angeles, whether it's in Auckland, whether it's in Adelaide or Johannesburg or Hong Kong or Phnom Penh or Moscow or Beijing or Shanghai or wherever it is, it's fulfilment that this power isn't just limited in one place, but it can go anywhere by the grace of God. We're all worried because a virus escaped one part of the world and it spread. What can a church on fire do for the glory of God in the Name of Jesus? Hallelujah. I can hear your amens. They're very powerful. He says, you'll receive power. And then then he says, now when these things were spoke, when he had spoken these things, they watched. He was taken up, and a cloud received them, received him out of their sight. It's interesting. The command of Jesus was to wait. He says, go and wait. But then in Matthew 28, Mark 16, he says, go into all the world. So is it go? Or is it wait? I mean, it's one of these divine paradoxes in Scripture. It's a divine dichotomy because He says go, but then He says wait. Which is which? Is which? Uh, waiting was simply receiving the power to go. He wants us to go into all the world, but first He wants us to have that power to go into all the world in the Name of Jesus. And I believe with all of my heart, there's, a, there's an anointing of God that's available for you and I. If we dare to believe God, there is power. There, there, there is anointing for us to go into all the world and carry the power of Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, go. But then He says, wait. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna go, wait, go. That'll work. I wanna, I wanna look at this. We're talking about 
Pentecost. We're talking about the baptism in the Spirit. You know, all through the book of Acts, there are six different expressions given for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I just want to talk about those, stir your faith a little bit. And then at the end, I'm going to pray for the anointing of heaven to touch every person. And, and I'm believing that God is going to touch people all over this world this Pentecost Sunday with a fresh anointing from heaven in the name of Jesus. Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, Jesus says you'll be baptised in the Spirit. Baptised in the Spirit. One of the six terms I want to look at this morning is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism, we identify that now in our English language as a, it's a Christian word. I mean, if you, if you tell one of your friends, hey, after lockdown, we're gonna, I'm gonna get baptised. They might not know the theology behind it, but they'll know it's a church thing. It's a, it's a Christian thing. And so the reason that's so significant is because when Jesus used the word, Baptism hadn't really happened. I mean, John was baptising a few people. So maybe John the Baptist, he, he was also using that term, but it was unprecedented because this hadn't been taking place before. So when he used that term, he's not using a term that existed. Everyone went, oh, okay, that means to dunk someone under the water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They get up in newness of life, identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They had to borrow a secular word to explain a kingdom principle. Let me explain this. Right now in our English language, we don't just use the word baptism. We use it really there in the context of baptism in water or baptism in the Spirit. But baptism now, we have many different words for the specific genre that we're trying to explain the principle of baptism. For example, if a boat was to perish at sea, we would say that boat, if it was to sink, we'd say the boat sank or sunk, I never know whether it's sank or sunk, but it's one of those two, depending where you're from. If you're from New Zealand, it's sunk. If you're from Melbourne, it's sank. If you're from Adelaide, it's sank or sunk. We can go either way, we're flexible. Now, the, the, reason, the reason that's significant is because we would use the word, the boat is sunk, but they didn't have that word in Jesus' time or John the Baptist's time, they'd say the boat was baptised and they would explain it this way. Because at one point, the boat was in the water, but now the water is in the boat. That's what Pentecost is. We can get in the presence of God in church, but it's not just about the presence of God, uh, us getting in the presence and getting in the anointing. It's the anointing getting in us, getting, getting upon us. I, I don't want to just be in the room when the Spirit of God's moving. I want the Spirit of God moving in me. And that's why as a church, I try to teach all the time about the baptism in the Holy Spirit because I don't want our people to just be familiar with the presence of God. I want the fire of God on the inside of them. Baptism, when we die a shirt, we don't really do that much these days, but when we dye a cloth, we use the word dye. But they didn't have that word. Then they would use the word baptise because they would put the, the, the fabric in the dye and they would pull it out when, 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 the, when, the, uh, when the dye had fused to the fabric. And so they would leave it in long enough that no longer was the fabric in the dye, but now the dye 
is in the fabric. That's what baptism is. Church, I want to encourage you. You might attend a Spirit-filled church where they shout, where they clap, where they press into God. But I want to remind you today uh, that, that while you're in that atmosphere, that atmosphere can get into you. You can be a walking, Holy Spirit-filled believer that carries a mantle of heaven in your life, baptised in the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Number two in Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, Jesus goes on, He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Comes upon you. This is significant. Because when you got saved, the Holy Spirit indwelled you. But when you get baptised in the Holy Spirit, He comes upon you. I think of Samson. And I've seen people's drawings of Samson and he has huge muscles. You know, he's built, he's built like a, I mean, he is a, he's a machine. He's massive arms, massive muscles. I mean, if he checks his watch, which in those days was just a little piece of rock with a stick and you had to... But when he, when he would check his, when he'd check his watch just by squeezing his arm, the button would fly off his shirt and take out a Pharisee. Actually, these are not true. They, they, they weren't there yet, I don't think. But what I do know is that the Bible suggests that he didn't look that way. Otherwise, Delilah, when he had his head in the wrong lap, keep your, your head close to Jesus. Don't have, his downfall was having his head in, in the lap of, uh, of disaster. But, but, but right there, Delilah said to him, what did, he say? what did she say? Samson, what's the secret to your strength? If he was walking around big arms and massively huge, well, it's not a secret. She says, what's the secret to your strength? And can I tell you the beautiful thing about Samson's strength that came because very many times you'll read through the book of Judges, you'll see in the Word that the Holy Spirit or the hand of God came upon Samson and boom, strength came into his spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you might not get physical strength, but you will get strength in your spirit. Acts will tell you, you get boldness. You, you, the places are shaking. You get filled with a power to walk into an impossible situation like Peter and John. I mean, one minute Peter's denying Jesus. He's too, too ashamed to even admit that he's a follower of Christ. But then the power of God comes upon him. And then what happens? He goes to a man who's lame and he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, such as I have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can I encourage you to believe God again for a fresh touch of the power of the Holy Spirit? Number three, the Bible says that they were, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter two and verse four, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that He, he fully furnished them. And when, I, when, I, when we bought our house, we didn't have everything sorted. You know, I see houses even in our, in our street. New houses are going up. You can tell they, they're, they're obviously just budgeting to try and get things sorted. Their driveway is not fully done. So they've got maybe wood on there until they can save some money to get the driveway done. Or they haven't got their curtains done. You, you can see the bed sheet pegged to the curtain rail uh, in the window. And you know what they're trying to do? They're building their house, but they're going bit by bit. They're budgeting. And, and so when, when, when we see the word filled, it actually means furnished. And so we can get the idea 
that, that when we're baptised in the Holy Spirit, He gives us a spiritual house, but He doesn't leave it with sheets being hung with pegs or, or a dirty driveway or flooring not yet done. He doesn't just give you the house, He furnishes it. Why? Because He's a God of provision, both spiritually and naturally speaking. He's a, a good God. He's a good Holy Ghost. And, and when He fills you, He fills you and He furnishes you with goodness, with grace, with the gifts of the Spirit, with the power of God. And you can know that greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. We don't need to be in lack as a church. I believe we should be the most blessed place on planet Earth in the Name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I feel like I could just about run around this building right now in the Name of Jesus. Number four. It's prophesied by Joel. And Peter preaches it. He says, he quotes Joel. He says, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. I know that different churches have different eschatology. But if Jesus, or sorry, Peter said, this is the last days, well, then we're in the last seconds. And I, and I hope you don't mind, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but we are living in times we never thought we'd ever see. We're seeing pestilence. And not only is there pestilence, but there's famine. In our nation right here, there's bushfires, the likes we haven't seen. There's an acceleration of some crazy signs that uh, the coming of the Lord is drawing near. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to be ready for that day. And, and, and Peter declares it. He says, in the last days, we're in them right now. I will pour out my spirit. I love the idea of pour out. He actually says in the King James, I'll pour out of my spirit. In other words, I'm going to pour out of myself, myself upon you. I'm going to pour out my anointing, my person, my power upon the church and the church is going to rise in the power of God. But I love the fact that he doesn't just say, I'll pour out my spirit. He says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's everybody. That tells me there's enough to go around. That tells me that the anointing's not in short supply. That tells me that this anointing, when it gets on one and then jumps to another, it's not a virus, man. It's a, it's a, it's a power that can shake the world. I, I pray, I, I'm glad Jesus never social distance. He knew what he carried and he, he didn't wear a mask. He didn't social distance. He, he spat in dirt and put it on some guy's eyes. He touched Peter's mother-in-law. He breathed on his disciples. Some people think that that means he blew on them. He didn't blow on them because if the Bible, if he blew on them, the Bible would say that he blew on them. He didn't blow. He breathed. My Bible tells me that he breathed. Jesus didn't social distance. Jesus got right in there and put his hands on people. He touched lepers. Everyone would have said, you're unclean. But the problem is the leprosy couldn't jump to him because the dunamis jumped to them. They got healed in a hot shakabaranda. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, there's a lot of stuff going around. You can turn on CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC. You can turn on uh, NZ1. You can turn on the ABC here. Not, not that you would. You can turn on Channel 9 here, Channel 7 here. Wherever you are in the world, you can turn on the news and there's a lot 
lot of bad news, but Jesus said this good news of the kingdom will be preached right across the earth and then the end will come. I wanna tell you the Gospel of Jesus is still alive. The Gospel of Jesus is still powerful. The Gospel of Jesus is still living. And, and, and one, one, one encounter with the power of that Gospel, with the person of that Gospel, Jesus Christ, and everything changes. There's enough power in the blood of Jesus to deliver all of mankind. There's enough power in the Holy Spirit to start a move of God that's gonna shake the world for the glory of Jesus. Come on, somebody, shout hallelujah if you can. Woo, bless God. Man. I tell you, I feel this in my bones. I'm so pumped to be able to talk to you. Preach this right across the world. There's a fresh wind. We used to sing this old song, the wind is blowing again, the wind is blowing again. Just like the days of Pentecost, the wind is blowing again. I feel the winds blowing again. In our nation, the winds of the Spirit of God. In America, in New Zealand, in Canada, in South Africa, in Zambia, in China, in the Middle East, right across Europe, right across the Pacific Islands, Cook Islands, Tonga, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Fiji, Papua New Guinea. I'm telling you right now, we need to believe God for the greatest move of God we've ever seen in the Name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, I'll pour out my Spirit. Then He says in Acts 5, oh, sorry, Acts 10, 44. It really it tells us that 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 that, that uh, uh, Peter was preaching to Cornelius's house, and he said, and he says, while Peter was preaching, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell. I want to look at this in two ways because it's very interesting. There's two. There's really two points in one. That word fell. is the same word that we see in the original language for embrace for the prodigal son and the embrace that the father gave him. Oh man, when the Spirit of God comes on you, He gets you, He holds you. The Holy Spirit's not just power. He's a person and, and He's God. He's as much God as Jesus is. He's as much God as God the Father. If I, that's why when I talk about the Holy Spirit, you won't hear me say, oh man, I feel it in this place. He's not an it. He's a He. He's a person. That's the same as I wouldn't get up and point to a cross and say, aren't you glad it died for us 2,000 years ago? It didn't die for us. Jesus. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, the incarnation, the fullness of the Godhead bodily died for you and for me. And He has a name and His name's Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, He's a person, He's real. He'll come into your world. He won't just go, Here, here's some anointing. He's not a bird. He's a person. He's real. He's the one that flicked that switch of the new birth. When you accepted Christ as the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit regenerated you and you were born again. The Holy Spirit fell. But then Peter recounts this moment when the Holy Spirit fell. This is what Peter said. He said, as I began to speak in Acts 11, he's talking about when the Holy Spirit fell. He said, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. As at the beginning, then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptised in water. 
But you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave him the same gift He gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who is I that I could withstand God? He said, the Holy Spirit fell on them. This is six years later, as He did in the upper room on our first Pentecost Sunday. Our first time in that upper room where the wind of God blew and every head just spontaneously combusted under the anointing of God. Spontaneous cranial combustion. Started speaking in new tongues. I'm a tongue talker. Some people go, oh, you, you know, we just shouldn't talk about speaking in tongues in church. Can I tell you, speaking in tongues is not the only hard thing for us to actually get our head around. The virgin birth's a big one. Partaking of communion's a big one. Lifting our hands is a big one. Worshipping God. A bloody cross is a big thing. A resurrection from the dead is a big thing. Tongues to me is quite <laughs> moderate in comparison with the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I guess today, I just wanna stir your faith to believe that the Holy Spirit's gonna fall. And when He does, He's doing a new thing, but it will be reminiscent of what He's done. I've been, I haven't been alive for all the moves of God. I wasn't alive on Pentecost but I've experienced the same Pentecost that Peter did, that Luke did, that James did, that Mary, the mother of Jesus did. You know, some people forget that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in the upper room. And right now, all over the world, we light candles to Mary and she's a big deal in some uh, liturgical churches. But you know, Mary was Pentecostal. Mary was charismatic. Mary had a prayer language. She was in the upper room. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit gave them the ability so he fell, embraced. When he embraced him in Acts chapter 10, Peter says, it's just like he embraced us at the beginning. Who am I to have that embrace of the Spirit of God, but not make it available to the people that I pastor and shepherd and lead? I want to encourage you, leader, pastor. Trust the Holy Spirit to touch your church in greater measure. On the other side of COVID-19, I'm believing God that we're going to see the greatest move of the Holy Spirit we've ever seen in the name of Jesus. I declare it over my church. I'm believing God here in Adelaide at Life Point Church. We're going to see the greatest move of God. God spoke to me at the beginning of the year, said, David, it's a year of victory. And who would have thought that we'd get sucker punched by a flu? Like a bad, I'm not, I'm not trying to minimise it. I know people that have passed away from it. Uh, this thing's horrible, but who would have thought that this would cripple the world? But you know, I haven't, it hasn't left me. It's a year of victory. We're, we're, going, we're, we're not going to go under, we're going over. Yeah, and we're going to win in the name of Jesus. Why? We're the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. You are the church of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. And finally, in Acts chapter 19, verse 2, it said, it, Paul came to Ephesus, finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I said, we didn't even know we could. That word receive, it's another expression of the baptism in the Spirit. What does receive mean? To violently seize, to grab a hold of. By faith, I need the anointing of God to violently seize. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? We didn't know we could. There's a lot of Christians that don't know they can. But listen, right now, wherever you are, I'm gonna pray in just a minute. I'm gonna get you to lift your hands in just a moment. I'm gonna believe God for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to touch your heart and touch your life 
in the name of Jesus, a fresh anointing from God. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Violently seize the Holy Spirit. You know, here at our church, a few, few months back, it might have been a year ago, we, we had a lady in our church, still in our church, and uh, one Sunday morning I was preaching on giving. It wasn't a message on, on faith or the fire of God or the Holy Ghost. It wasn't Pentecost Sunday. It wasn't a spiritual emphasis. I was talking about giving, financial freedom and blessing. And, and at the end of the message, I'm just praying like I normally would. Next, next minute, we had a lady and, and this lady, she was, she was pretty old. And, and our youth pastor, Andy, when he tells a story, he doesn't just say that she was old. He says she was, she was old. She was she was so old that when she was a child, the Dead Sea was still only sick. She was... <laughs> so old that they can only tell her age through carbon dating. <laughs> She's so old that her back goes out more than she does. You know, she's so old, this beloved sister. She's in her 90s. She's so old that... On the way to church the other day, I thought the paparazzi were following her to church, but it was a team of archaeologists. It's it it a joke. It's a joke. It was the paparazzi. She's very famous. No. But she falls out under the power. And I thought the poor woman had hurt herself. So I, I don't know what you pastors are like, but I try to have nonverbal communication with my wife that I assume no one in the church can tell it's happening. It's kind of like... So she runs over, turns out this woman's having an encounter with God and she'd had real issues with dementia that comes with old age. And, and after prayer, the power of God touched her and she had her language back, she had her conversation back. God restored to her to a measure of what the enemy had stolen. And I've got good news for you. He does miracles, he's supernatural. But if we would place a demand and receive from the power of God, we can see victory in every area of our life. He's a healer, he's a way maker in the name of Jesus. Can you shout amen wherever you are? Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.